Blog Talk Radio. I mean, you already created a gas and the fire already underneath the monocles. 
if you've kind of been noticing, like right at the month twice, they have been on a roll. They it almost as if they have found what was missing, and they just reignited that switch. And by reigniting that switch, I mean literally. I mean, you're saying cataclysm coming out with winds, ace of mortars coming out of nowhere with winds. I mean, as soon as I came right away, of course you mentioned it, and we saw it um, two weeks ago, winning the golden ticket. I mean, right now, there, no, we call it a quote unquote renaissance. I think it's a rebound point for the whole Manai as a whole. And I mean, it very well could be. I mean, we talk about it. Yes, it is. It's been somewhat of a renaissance for the uh, for the. Manai here in the ASWF, uh, Ray Ray has now captured the golden ticket. You're talking about the number one ranked challenger, Cataclysm, who got yep. his shot at the ASWF championship at the last show. You're talking about the number two seed in the tag team championship tournament, which was in danger at this last show. But real quick, before we get into any of that, we have our first guest of the evening uh, coming on the line here, Mr. Brad Hicks. Uh, calling in, and I believe he's got something he wants to get off his chest. Brad, uh, you're live. First of all, Michael, um, I really hope that at some point you uh, come and, and can get your mind right again. Uh, being the voice of the ASWF, it just makes me sick that uh, you uh, have gone out there and attacked a man that gave you your opportunity in this business. But that's neither here nor there in between you and him. But I wanted to say that uh, the rumblings around the ASWF, that there's going to be quite a few uh, changes in course. Um, and I will not elaborate on that. I will allow the fans to show up and attend it uh, Saturday night to see for themselves. But, yeah, I've I've heard that the waters inside the ASWF are a little bit choppy right now, and uh, it's going to be very interesting, to say the least. Well, Brad, I want to ask you real quick, while we do have you on the line, about this situation we were talking about. I don't know if you heard it before we first came on, but, uh, I mean, I know you're close uh, associates with one of the individuals that you know has been – uh, in an issue with the evolution cha- involving the evolution championship, uh, Steve-O, and uh, what's your thoughts on Ray Ray holding the golden ticket in this situation? I mean, you know, do, if anybody deserves it, the uh, Ray Ray, the Suicide King, whichever um, mutation of, of of that guy comes out, I mean, he's he's worthy of, of holding the golden ticket. I mean, he, he lasted in the Battle Royal, um, went through some tough competition in there. And, you know, we, we saw, uh, you know, Kid Crazy, um, Josh Cross. I mean, it was a who's who uh, in the ASWF of who uh, Ray was able to outlast in that Battle Royal. So if anybody deserves it, I mean, it's Ray. And if he chooses to go for the Evolution Championship, well, then, you know, uh, as far as I know, uh, the uh, statues within the uh, contract that I've reviewed for Steve-O say that uh, he still would retain his number one title. So then it becomes a matter of uh, just who Steve-O would be challenging for the Evolution title should uh, Ray end up with. I mean, very good point, Brad. Uh Cornbread, do you have anything uh, you want to ask, Brad? Well, um, there, there, there was one thing I did wanted to ask, and um, I wanted to uh, bring this uh, full circle over Brad. And, of course, you know, one of the last times we've seen, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Brad, but one of the last times we've seen Steve-O inside of a championship match was, uh, the night he lost it, the night he lost the heavyweight title. Do you think that possibly, if things really doesn't work out with the Evolution Championship as far as um, as Shane is concerned, do you think it's a possibility that either Steve O can maybe get back a run at the heavyweight title 
or am I just um, speaking hyperbole here? Well, I mean, we haven't charted uh, a course of action, a plan of action, further than what we've been looking at over the last month or so since Steve-O's made his return back to the ASWF. Obviously, uh, Steve-O is still, you know, weary of his of his condition, his health conditions at this moment. I mean, he's not, to say, injured, but, I mean, he did suffer a very brutal attack. Uh, that sidelined him for a long time. And, you know, and I think that brings me to my next point is, you know, last week we did that benefit show, or last show we did that benefit show. And yeah. to be honest with you, I was just there just to kind of support the the cause that ASWF uh, put on because as a proud member of the Tuckerman community and the Northeast Arkansas community for over 20 years now, you know, they've done some really good work in their benefit shows. And so I was just there to support the company and support the cause. And I had a yeah. gentleman that likes to, for the second show in a row, want to call me out to the ring for what reason. I don't know. But, you know, I've just about had it. But the thing about it is is that I'm not going to – and I think, Cornbread, I want to take this opportunity to apologize to the ASWF fan base – for reverting to actions that I've done in the past. I should have never put my hands on the guy because that's just not me anymore. Uh, but you can only take so much of being poked and prodded, <laughs> like that one, Michael, uh, that before you just lose it all. But you know what? I have a sneaking suspicion that that problem's going to go away fairly quickly. I just would we'll just put them there. I do want to break in real quick. Uh, apparently, we're having some issues uh, with our fans listening on uh, Facebook Live. You can feel free. Uh, I will post the link down below. I'm getting so right now. You can feel free to go to blogtalkradio.com and uh, click the listen button, and you can listen live. To us as it happens, but uh, I'm working to get this audio issue fixed. Yes, I was going to tell you that the that I could hear you, unfortunately, but uh, I, at the time that I was listening, I could not hear cornbread. But oh, you know, can you hear me now? No, I can hear you on the radio. I'm I'm actually okay. You know, on the call, but there's a, been an issue, I guess, with the Facebook live feed. Uh, you can't, I guess, hear the transmission of audio coming from anybody, but unfortunately the voice of ASWS, so it is what it is. Um, but no, Cornbread, to, to answer your question, I mean, like I said, we haven't charted any course of action uh, other than the evolution title. And uh, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, when we, when we started all this, uh, our target was the one who had tried to end uh, Steve-O's career. Now, it just so yeah. happened that the Evolution title became involved in the mix, and it was just kind of the icing on the cake, you know? I mean, when yeah. you have your chance at retribution against those who have, um, you know, scorned you, and then you get to add a prestigious title like the Evolution title to the mix, well, it just doesn't get any better than that. And to be honest with you, I'm uh, uh, an ASWF Hall of Famer, uh, a triple crown champion within the ASWF. Well, that would even be better should Ray decide to take the Evolution title because you know I have a lot of confidence in what Steve-O's abilities are, and mm-hmm. I think that Steve-O's ready for his retribution in, in a lot of ways because I really believe, in, in all honesty, that Steve-O's heavyweight championship title run wasn't as long as it should have been. Okay. And I think he, well, I know for a fact that he's ready to atone for that and prove to himself and the fans that cheer his name week in and week out that he is deserving of a prize like the Evolution title. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, certainly, uh, certainly could be a uh, option here in the future. I mean, you talk about the fact that you talk about the fact that she has the chance to become a triple crown champion, Brad. And you know, that's something that I have talked to Steve and that is something that you know he wants to him amongst those triple crown champions in ASWS history. So, I mean, I'll give you that, but I mean. There's been very few. What are your – how do you guys plan on making this a reality? Well, I mean, fairly simple. I mean, we're going to – I mean, steve going to go out. I mean, it's not a we thing. I mean, I really – as far as, uh, as these accomplishments go, I'm more of an accessory to the main – main outfit, I guess, as you would say, that is Stephen. Uh, you know, longevity in this business, experience, um, ring savvy, it's all there. The intangibles are there for Stephen. All I can do is basically complete what's already pretty much built as a pyramid of success in independent wrestling that is Stephen. You know, there are times when you're focused on Object A and maybe object B is over here, and you have to kind of neutralize that outside potential threat, and that's where I come in. But that's all it is. All of these accomplishments that, that are going to happen eventually with Steve-O in the future, and he when he cements his legacy as one of the greatest in the business in Arkansas and in the Mid-South, and hell, for that matter, maybe the entire world, well, that's all going to fall at the feet of Steve-O because, you know what, his blood, sweat, and tears over the years have earned everything that he's got coming to him. And I'm just proud to be a part of it at this point in my career. So, in other words, what you're saying out of that answer is you're just taking things one step at a time, correct? I wouldn't even say that, Cornbread. I'd say that we're taking things a half step at a time. We're actually taking oh, okay. a half a step. We're taking the situation. And then we're making a complete full step uh, because it's treacherous right now in the ASWF. It is super treacherous. You have to watch your back. You have to watch your front, your sides, like they say in the military. You got to have your six. You got to have their six, brother. And you know, not being a military guy, but much respect to all the veterans out there and those serving currently right now, you just got to have it. You've got to have that layer of protection uh, for your guy that you're representing, that you're you know being a part of. Because your own colleague there, Mr. Michael Carnahan, one of the nicest gentlemen that's ever graced this business as a commentator, all of a sudden now has decided to flip ship and do a complete 180 in the attitude and is now attacking the the owner of the company. So who can you really trust if the seeds of hate can grow inside Michael? Who else is there, Cornbread? Who else is there that's going to be able, you know, you just never know what's going to happen in the ASWF. And that's what makes it great to be at. Mm. I mean, you certainly are correct about that, now, Brad. It's certainly, I mean, week to week, you never know what is going to happen here in the ASWF. And I mean, like I said, the Suicide King becoming the uh, becoming the golden ticket winner throws even more craziness in there as if we needed any more craziness here in the ASWF. That psycho now controls his destiny in the the area. Well, Michael, you know, like I said, brother, you know, me and you started in this business back in 2014, and I don't know exactly what's gone on with you in your personal life or whatever, but you know, I hope eventually you come to your senses, but I don't have much faith in it. So, you know, it is what it is on that respect. I mean, I certainly am uh, trying to effort. Well, you mentioned that my viewpoint has changed. Uh, I believe that my viewpoint has never been more wide open. I'm as uh, woke as the young kids they say as uh, I've ever been in my life. And, you know, I'm just trying my best to uh, make sure the A's still in place and we don't need uh, 
we don't have to run up what's going on in the NSWF if you understand the way you're speaking there, Fred. Yeah. You know, Michael, you said all that to say absolutely nothing to me, right? Uh, I already know where your allegiances lie, and I know where your allies stand. So, you know what? It really doesn't matter. But what matters is not about me. It's not about you. It's not about cornbread. It's about every single one of those guys that laces those boots up every single night. And the one female that we have in the business that can just hang with just about anybody, and that's Asa Morta. So, you know, we can sit here and go tit for tat on who's got what and who does what, but at the end of the night, it's all about whose arm is raised to victory. And I have a sneaking suspicion that things are going to be really, really good uh, very, very short. Well, I mean, I, I certainly hope that's not a uh, look into the uh, future of the ASWS. Nor do I hope that, uh, that, I mean, no offense to you or your client, but no, or your uh, protege, excuse me. But, uh, you know, I hope that looking forward, we don't really see a triple crown coming out of Steve-O. I believe that's the past again. Whereas, you know, I'd really love to see the future of this business continue to thrive. Uh, you know, uh, that's just my opinion, though. Well, you know, and the future looks bright. We saw some young talent there uh, at the show. Um, you know, looking forward to seeing what could possibly happen with, um, you know, the tag team division and also the, the heavyweight championship run. And the Evolution title, I mean, it all looks amazing. And, and the thing is, is we're uh, a week away uh, here in just a few short days from Hostel Holiday on the 14th. Yeah. And then we're coming back in January for 2020. So, you know, it looks great. It looks it looks fun. It looks amazing. And, you know, you can't celebrate more the feeling, the, uh, the adulation, the excitement looking to see what the future is going to hold in the ASWF. I mean, if this past year has been any indication, you know, we've seen our highs, we've seen our lows, and we've just we've seen things and returns of folks that just you, you kind of go, wow, who would have thought? So, you know, as we get ready to wind down uh, 2019 cornbread, uh, I have to say that without a doubt, uh, I'm looking forward to the end of 2019 and, and looking forward to 2020. Well, well, I, well, I'll also say this, uh, uh, Mike and and, um, and and everyone that's listening, and um, you know, to me, I think 2019 has been ASWF's year. I'm you now granted, I know, I know you guys talked about the ups and downs. And all that I've seen more positivity And more positive Outlooks This year from ASWF Than I've seen From a lot of sports Entities And this year I mean we're already in December Like you said We're already in December And with our next big one Coming up uh, next week where Where do we go from here in 2020, no, coming up to 2020, I say the sky's the limit. I say we go further and go beyond what we've done this year. I think 2020 is going to be even better. And and, and this time next year, we're going to be talking about how how do we make 2021 better? Because 2019 has really been ASWS year. Absolutely, Cornbread. Well. Cornbread, man, I know that you've got about an hour uh, to spare of your precious time here on the show, so and I don't want to take hey. away from the ASWF fans their insight, their transparency into the inner workings of the ASWF. So, uh, well, I'd say gentlemen, but that would be a plural word, and there is only one gentleman on the show, you Cornbread. So, gentlemen, uh, gentleman, and uh, whatever you want to call yourself, 
Uh, they're the voice. Uh, you guys have a great evening. And uh, the only thing I can tell people is 530, the doors will open at 201 Highway 367 North in Tuckerman, Arkansas. I suggest you be there because uh, I have a feeling that we're going to have some some sweet little changes in mind. But uh, gentlemen, have a great evening. matchups as we saw as we saw uh, the return of Daniel. Daniel, you know, released for just a moment, made his way out to uh, out of the curtain and then yanked back in. And not only that, but Tyler Knight turning his back on his tag team partner in that contest, Justin Vincent, and left him lane after Justin was unable to be victorious. Yeah, it it, it kind of it seems like um, Mr. Knight's kind of had a new attitude, wouldn't you say? You're absolutely right about that. Uh, I mean, Tyler Knight, I, I've got to give him kudos. I mean, this is exactly what I think he needed to, you know, take that next step into champion, into legitimate championship contention is to gain an edge. And that's exactly what he's done, in my opinion, is he gained an edge. Well, let me, well, then let me ask you this question, Mike, and, um, to every, and to everyone listening. Do you think this change in attitude would translate into more wins, more wins, especially heading towards 2020? And, no, not to put the cart before the horse here, Anniversary 21. You're absolutely right about that. I mean, I certainly hope there's changes afoot in the ASWF from a lot of fronts. I hope that we will see a uh, new a new uh, focus on younger talent, as it appears that the ASWF is uh, more focused on the past than the present. And uh, I do hope that we see a new focus on, uh, you know, making these new talents get legitimate shots. And you don't see guys getting passed up for, you know, multiple shots for the big man Kay Tumor. Or, you know, guys like Ray Ray constantly getting the championship opportunities they get. But uh, I just spoke of a man, the big man Kay Tumor. We certainly saw some interesting – some interesting behavior out of him coming out and actually having the audacity to call out the ASWF champion. And uh, the ASWF champion did the smart thing, in my opinion. Obviously, he knew he had the match against Cataclysm coming up later in the evening. And he came out and he said, you know what? You ain't facing me. I've got an idea. And how impressive was... How impressive was the pretty boy Matt Odom? And let's just talk about this role Matt Odom has been on as of late as he stepped in the ring yeah. here and replaced Josh Cross. He's been very impressive. And and the thing that this you, – you know I've said on the show um, multiple, multiple, multiple times uh, when it comes to Odom. I've said, I said on the show that um, sometimes – when you get an opportunity, you don't fly past it. You take it. That's exactly what Odom's done. He's been red hot. He's been another guy that you have to be able to watch out for in 2020. 
It'll be red hot. And I won't be surprised if by the tag or singles goals, I won't be surprised if he actually has gold around his way in, in, in months plus. Hey, you correct yourself when you talk about the pretty boy. That's the pretty way of the pretty boy, Matt Odom. And I tell you what, I mean, as the first man to ever kick out of black power. I mean, yeah. that alone, I mean, think about the list of individuals in ASWS that black power has put down. And now you can't put that put or add Matt Odom to that list, but ultimately Matt Odom did fall prey to Section 8, this uh, new sleeper chokehold combination that the big man Tate mm. Shimmer has been implementing. And, I mean, I tell you, I hate to give the man any, any credit, but I will say this, the man adapts his style each and every week we see him with something new. And, I, I mean, he's going to be a tough He's going to be some tough competition when he works his way back up to where he needs to be. Well, Mike, well, Mike let me ask you this question. See, I mean, since you did bring up that subject, let me ask this question. Do you think that the black power almost gets pretty much almost has become almost like a curse? And, the, and here's why and here's why I asked that question. You brought up all of them kicking out, being the first guy to kick out of it. What about when he was about to win the ASWF championship with that move right before Josh Cross cashed in? Do you think it? I think it's kind of smart to add to add that extra move. But do you kind of almost think that uh, Black Power um, that power move has become almost like a curse? Okay, Tucker. Well, I mean, I, I tell you this much. Uh, I believe that Toomer realized he's got to add a new move to his arsenal. Because, I mean, no move is going to be – no move is going to be unbeatable the forever. Move. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That was obviously his move. But we saw – we saw, you know, shades of it. We saw the Josh Cross cashing in. We saw things that people found small loopholes. Uh, and now you see him moving to this Section 8 hole. And this Section 8 hole looks absolutely deadly. But, I mean... Oh, yeah, it's very deadly. The next variation is going to be what the next move he may add to his arsenal will be. And, and, and Mike, and, and to add to that point, I think by first off using the grip that you need for that move, and then if he literally hooks on an additional body scissors and kind of turns himself sideways and really, really puts the pressure on that arm and that neck and then the throat area, you think it'll be almost to the quote, quote unquote, fast tap outs or quick victories? I mean, it was certainly a quick tap out, and it spelled the end for uh, Matt Odom in this contest. But, you know, it, it, I mean, they could very well run rough shot through the ASWF just as Black Power did at one point. But do you think, but do you think now that he's added that move onto his arsenal? Do you kind of think that now that, Maybe the rest of the locker room is kind of, kind of have to figure out a counter for it. Because I, because I know, I mean, because I mean, I mean, because they're countered to every move, especially when it comes to submission. And one of the counters being that three count with their shoulders on the mat. Well, I mean, we all know the the influences that the big man Tay Tumor has in this business. He hasn't been shy about mentioning individuals. And, you know, he said he got the, what he says is basically an offshoot 
of what's called the Katahaja May. And he said right. uh, he, that, you know, he was taught by the best. And you can read into that what you will, but he said he was taught that whole by the very best to ever lock it in. And, uh, you know, that makes it even more deadly. Uh, exactly. As far Know what exactly he's going to be able to do because you look at uh, that, you look at the certain individual that comes to mind and what he was able to do with the Kantahajime and how deadly that hold was as soon as he locked it in, it was over. Mm-hmm. So something to watch. And, 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 but and, and also, you know, you I'm, I'm glad you brought that point up, Mike, because if you really compare a lot of combative sports. Especially the top three. Think about think about the the hold and moves that are banned and barred from mixed martial arts. That makes that makes it in pro wrestling ten times more effective when it's executed in pro wrestling more than any place else because third countries have it banned. But when it comes to pro wrestling, no hold is bad. You're absolutely right about that. I mean, it's going to be something to keep an eye on whether, you know, the ASWF is going to continue letting him use this hold. But, you know, as far as I know, it's something that is not really up for debate right now. As far as I know, it's something that he is – you know, uh, that has been cleared by the ASWF Championship Committee for him to use, and, you know, it's something to watch. But speaking of something to watch, we had a fatal four-way match uh, come out of this last show as well between Christian Cross, Jake Black, Excalibur, and Heinzman, or Giggles, or whatever the heck you want to call them these days. Yeah. And I tell you, I mean, number one, we got a uh, Jay Black picked up the victory. Very impressive win for Jay Black here in the early part of yep. his career, his in-ring career. But, I mean, the, the real story here is the, the continued descent of Heisman and the Batman. But, I mean, talking with Christian Cross, a guy who's been up and down the road with Heisman over the past few years, and... I mean, he has no answers. I mean, you saw the video, too. Heisman literally abducted Christian Cross after the last yeah. show. And, sure I mean, I haven't seen Christian since. I, I'm literally just baffled by this. Each week, we get a new wrinkle into this mold. And, yeah, as far I was I was gonna say Mike, yeah I was gonna say Mike. As far as I'm concerned, that, that that's it, it's almost to the point where you you just kind of just sit back and just let it happen because no matter how how hard we try to dissect the reason why, it's almost becoming pointless at this point. But you know you said something in that open, and I'm gonna go ahead and kind of throw this out there. Um, that props to Jake Black. I didn't. I, I was one of the ones that did not see this one coming. If I had this one on my checklist, I actually had Excalibur winning this match, just because of the fact that he actually came in a little bit more focused than a lot than a lot of the other competitors. But you have to give Jake Black some props because he took advantage of other people's disposition. That being crosses and that being Hodgson's. Jay Black deserves the props and great win on his part. Absolutely. And to go back to talk about Heinzman, I mean, I don't know if you caught this subtle change, but I mean, even the face paint of Heinzman, it's got dark, yeah. got stirred. I mean, mad props to Jake Black, but I mean, almost overshadowed by the continued descent into. Just, I don't know whether you call it madness or what you call it at this point. Well, I, I will say this, Mike, and I'm going to use the words of the late Greg Gordon solely. He said, I'm, he said this. I mean, this can either give him the driving edge 
or can cost them the edge. I guess we'll just have to see how that plays out. Absolutely. And speaking of the edge, my goodness, these two newcomers, and I continue to call them the young guns here in the tag team division, Luke Justice and Peyton McAllister, what an impact they made in their first night on the ASWS roster. I mean, attacking Ray after the after he won the golden ticket and then challenging for the number two seed in the ASWF uh, tag team title tournament. What an impressive, impressive night here for these two young men. I mean, they did come up short in the Manai remain the number two seed in the tag team tournament. But, I mean, you got to respect. You got to respect these two young individuals, and this is what I mean about the youth movement that needs to occur inside of the ASWS. Well, what, well, well, I will say this: you know, any any time you have an opportunity to come in and try to make an, you know, no pun intended, an impact. Well, that's exactly what what Luke Justice and his partner did um, two weeks ago, and. Granted, they didn't fool around, and instead of trying to quote unquote go to the bottom of the death list, they went they went trying to chop the head off a snake in this case. But um, even those two kind of realized that even though they put up an excellent showing and a great debut on both men's part, they're still such super experience. I would agree with that, Cornbread. I mean, there is there is no substitute for experience, and the Manai and the experience won out in this case. But, I mean, you hear it constantly, the old uh, adage, you go up to the biggest dog in jail and on the first day and you, and you uh, smack them around to establish your dominance and to show that you're not to be messed with. I don't think there's a lot of teams in the tag team division that's going to be messing with Luke Justice and Peyton McAllister after the performance they put on two weeks ago. And, you know, right now the Manai, they got all they could got to wonder, you know, I'm not sure we haven't gotten the official card for this Saturday, but you got to wonder how much that affects the Manai moving forward in this tag team championship tournament as they look to eventually, hopefully, challenge for the ASWF Tag Team Championships on the 14th at Hostel Holiday. Well, and I'll also say this, Mike. Um, well, you talk about the youth movement and all that. I think I think it's much more of the competitive movement that is ASWF because it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're part of the youth movement or if you're part of the veteran movement or or such which. But bottom line, it's it's so competitive to where even the newcomers coming in, and even though um, the Manai got the win in the tag team match, bottom line, some say they have survived because the newcomers brought it. And if you really think about just the whole entire night start to finish, right even before we even get to the main event here, it's been way more than ultra competitive. Especially heading into the final, especially heading into the final two of the new year of the um, of 2019, that being this Saturday and next week. You're absolutely right about that. And speaking of competitive, the ASWF Championship has been at its most competitive edge since really. You ain't kidding. My goodness, this last show we saw Josh Cross retain the ASWF. Tag Team Championship via this qualification. Cataclysm picked up the win by DQ. Is it kind of heavyweight title? If you're Cataclysm, you got to be thinking, you know, I want another shot. But the question is, will the ASWF Board of Directors give him that shot? Because, I mean, at this point, just like Tumor, he got a shot and he wasn't successful. But but you, but you also have to think about this, you know, as far as champion this champion goes. He's got more he's got more fish, you know, as they say, he's got more fish to fry than just one competitor. I mean, and you know, say you know, we can say what we want about K Tumor, but 
he's got to have more eyes looking forwards on the side and behind him because he also has to be leery of a man that he knows very well and someone that has that golden ticket. You're absolutely right about that. He's got to keep two eyes in the back of the test for the ASW Web Champion, or excuse me, Mr. Golden Ticket. Yeah. Uh, Ray Ray. And then he's also got to keep two eyes in the back of the test because you never know, unfortunately, where the big man Kate Toomer is going to come from. I mean, it's something that, it's something you definitely have to keep your eyes on, not to mention Cataclysm. I mean, when you're the ASWF champion, unfortunately, and it's not really fair to Josh Cross, but the man is carrying himself like a true champion and handling all this like a true champion. But, you know, you got the biggest target on your back in the Mid-South when you hold that prestigious ASWF championship. But that, but that's the price you pay for being the champion. When you want the top prize, don't say you want you you want the top prize, and then all of a sudden you don't want what comes with the top prize. Guess what? You got a whole list of competitors all coming after that top prize because no matter who holds the title, you are the immediate hunted, and everybody is the hunter. You're absolutely right about that. And two men that uh, know all too well about holding the top prize in the ASWF, obviously referring to Reggie Montgomery and Magnum T.A. Terry Adams, uh, squared off the main event of the evening this past uh, show. And it was a heck of a contest. I'll give it to him. It was a heck of a contest in the Tuckerman Street fight. But at the end of the day, when all the smoke cleared, we saw that Reggie Montgomery defeated Magnum And uh, Terry Adams is no longer a active participant. He can no longer be an active participant in the ASWS. Well, I will say this, Mike, especially as far as the Tucker Street fight goes. Um, Adams controlled that Adams literally kind of controlled right around 77 to about 83% of that whole entire street fight because he brought it to Montgomery. But the moment that Montgomery went after those ribs and we both called it and we sat there and called it the moment he went after the ribs, that's what started the downfall for Adams, especially in that street fight. And Adams, you got to get, I mean, get the veteran a lot of credit. The former ASWF champion, you got to give him credit. He would not stop. But the fact that Montgomery went just, I mean, I, I said on commentary, I said he came into this match with a game plan. That game plan was if he went after the ribs, he would literally render Adams useless. And that's exactly what happened. He went nonstop after the ribs, just one major shot. And you saw how slowly Adams has tried. Yeah, you saw how slowly that he's tried to progress forward. He's tried every single move he tried to make. It, it, was, it was almost of little or no effect because Montgomery went after the ribs. And even Montgomery was a little bit more than proud of himself following, you know, what some say, you know, was an emotional big-time victory for him, but an emotional defeat for Mr. Adams. Oh, absolutely. He should have been proud of himself. He ran off one of the, you know, he ran off one of the biggest losers in ASWF history. That being Magnum well, Terry Adams, he ridded the ASWF of the stench of Magnum TA for good. And, uh, you know, good ridden at this point. But, Cornbread, we got about 10 minutes left in our show. I want to go ahead and give you a chance to uh, get these fans ready to uh, go for this Saturday night. So go ahead and give your final thoughts before we hop on off here. 
Well, well, thanks, Mike. And I, I want to say to everyone listening, um, we encourage you to join us at 201 Highway 367 North right there in Tuckerman at the legendary Valiant Arena. And let's be honest, for 20 years, ASWF has literally been, been the benchmark for some amazing professional sports action. And I don't think it will get any better than this Saturday. We encourage you to join us this Saturday, the Valiant Arena, as I mentioned, 201 Highway 367 North, right there in Tucker, Arkansas, the legendary Valiant Arena. Of course, myself and Mike Carnahan will be on the call. And ladies and gentlemen, if you really, really want the best value for your sports dollar, why don't you come on down to the Valiant Arena and enjoy it, not just not just some great professional wrestling action, not just a great, you know, family atmosphere and all that, but come enjoy a great sports product that is ASWF. We are so looking forward to seeing you this Saturday. Mike? Absolutely, Cornbread, and I do thank you for uh, that glowing endorsement of what is the greatest company in the state of Arkansas or what has the potential to be the greatest company in the state of Arkansas. Let's be honest. If Ricky Rowland would step aside, it would be the greatest company in the state of Arkansas. Ladies and gentlemen, nonetheless, come on out. It's the last stop on the road to Hospital Holidays this Saturday night, 201 Highway 367 North in Tuckerman, Arkansas. You'll see the likes of Mr. Golden Ticket, the Suicide King Ray Ray, Ace Morta, Cataclysm, collectively known as the Manai. You'll see Peyton yeah. Callister and Luke Fish. You'll see the ASWF champion Josh Cross. You'll see just about everybody top to bottom, the greatest roster in the history of the state of Arkansas. Why doing what they do best and entertaining, unfortunately, you fans. But uh, we will see you this Saturday night live from the Valley Arena. $5 gets you in. Kids six and under are free. Doors open at 530, mm-hmm. but we recommend you to get there even earlier than that if you want a good seat. Ladies and gentlemen, for my yeah. broadcast colleague, Fred, I am Michael Carnahan, and we wish you a good night. You got it. Good night, everybody. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the track.